drive time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Angelo Labuti is going to be our guest today. You might remember him from, I don't know, it's probably been seven, eight months or so, but he is the uh, director of the Eucharistic film, the Eucharistic Miracles movie that's coming out. Praise be to God. And uh, we're going to have a conversation, get caught up with him on the production of that film about the Eucharistic Miracles. I get, I'm, I'm, I'm told they are looking for extras. You could be a movie star. It's possible. It is completely possible. And we'll tell you all about that in our conversation with Angela Labuti. But we're also going to have a conversation around, you know, in light of the fact that President Biden is meeting with Pope Francis this week at the Vatican. And there's a hot debate over whether or not Biden should continue to receive Holy Communion, given his uh, incredible hardcore support for abortion and other, you know, immoral norms. Now, Um, what does this mean in light of the Holy Eucharist? We're going to have that conversation with Angela Labuti coming up 35 past the hour. At 15 past the hour, there is, it never fails, right, to read the headlines and see stories that concern. Well, there are a few stories that are concerning. Of course, Jin Saki getting a little testy with the reporter for asking about abortion in light of that meeting coming up between President Biden and the Pope. Well, maybe we'll conversate on that. But there is an, uh, an archbishop who wants to liquefy dead bodies to make it easier for uh, to be green and to be climate conscious. Liquefying dead bodies. Are you okay with that? We're going to dive into that story at 15 past the hour. So much to talk about today. Praise be to God. Speaking of liquefying things, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Speaking of liquefying, I, I'm, hmm. this one, it's it's what it's what a burger it's not water burger what a burger is the name of the company what a burger is the oh my oh my who who wants water with their burger no one it's still good to be here in spite of it all all right I'm not anti what a burger. I just prefer to say it correctly. It's what a burger. Mm. Oh wow! People in uh, Massachusetts, our listeners in Massachusetts, New York, they're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Alabama, Florida, Virginia, Maryland, DC. They have no idea what we're talking about. Kansas, no clue, none. Um, Are they really? Mm-hmm. I did not know. They've yeah. exported what a burger? It's pretty horrible, actually. A, a Chicago bank purchased a Texas company, and I'm like, what? Who allowed a this Chicago bank? This? Yeah, a Chicago bank. <laughs> what? Uh, a water burger. That seems, that's, that's not cool. I know. It's, wow. That's almost as bad as seeing uh, Bucky's uh, be exported oh. outside of the great state of Texas. Bucky's is now in Florida. I think they're also in Alabama. They're trying to get into the Carolinas, if I'm not mistaken. 
Uh, no, they skipped Louisiana and Mississippi to plant their first store outside of Texas on the border between Florida and, and Alabama, which I have visited, by the way. <laughs> it's, it's a great store, nonetheless. Nonetheless, praise be to God. But if I'm not mistaken, the store in South Carolina got rejected by the locals. They didn't want it there. Yeah. Awkward. Awkward. Your giant, very clean and awesome bathrooms are unacceptable to us. Uh, anyway, uh, we we digress too far. We've already gone down to we've gone from Waterburger to Bucky's in a heartbeat. See what happens here. Usually that happens in our after show, which is the last half hour of the second hour of our program, which is solely and exclusively on our live video feed on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Odyssey, and our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. We're going to pray. We're going to dive into our hour. We have breaking news and stories, saint of the day, gospel of the day, a little bit of a reflection for you, some what's concerning us stories, and our conversation with Angela Labuti, which, by the way, remind me. Okay, dear listener, remind me, if I forget, when we get him on the line, to ask him about Padre Pio. The last time we had him on, it was like a minute or two before the end of the interview, we discover that his his godfather was like the personal, you know, assistant to Padre Pio for decades or some something like that. So we'll... We'll have to pick up there where we left off, but a lot to cover today. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Ghost. Amen. Boston Herald reports cheap antidepressant shows promise in treating early COVID-19 patients, keeping them out of the hospital. Hmm. The Houston Chronicle reports the Astros' offense comes to life. The Astros got a big early offensive surge to beat the Braves 7-2 in Game 2 and to even the World Series at a game apiece on Wednesday at Minute Maid Park. Epic Times reports the sheriff says Alec Baldwin's gunshot uh, shot a live bullet in, in, on the New Mexico set. Authorities in New Mexico said they've recovered hundreds of rounds of ammunition from the set of rust following the fatal Alec Baldwin-involved shooting of a cinematographer last week. Quote, Through the execution of search warrants, we have collected about 600 items of evidence, Santa Fe County Sheriff Aiden Mendoza said Wednesday during a press conference. Quote, These include, but are not limited to, three firearms, approximately 500 rounds of ammunition, and several pieces of clothing and accessories, unquote. Authorities also obtained the spent shell casing from the bullet that was believed to have been fired by Baldwin during the filming. Quote, We suspect that there was other live rounds that were found on this set. The investigation is active, so I won't comment on how they got there, unquote. He goes on to say, he goes on to talk about how they believe there is a, a mixed set of blanks, dummy rounds, and what they are suspecting are live rounds among all the rounds collected. The Daily Wire reports the Biden administration issues first ever U.S. passport with X gender marker. On Wednesday, the Associated Press reported that the Biden administration would issue its first passport with an X gender marker for people who refused to identify themselves as male or female. 
The move has been in the works for months. On June 30th, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken released a statement in which he lauded President Biden for, quote, demonstrating this administration's commitment to human rights, unquote. The United States joins a handful of countries, including Australia, New Zealand, Nepal, and Canada, in allowing its citizens to designate a gender other than male or female on their passports, the AP noted. On Friday, the Biden administration revealed their national gender strategy. Quote, President Biden and I released the first ever national gender strategy, unquote, Vice President Kamala Harris boasted on her tweet, Twitter feed. She goes on to say, this is our vision for the future of our nation, one that is bold in strategy and one that at this moment it calls for, unquote. Does it? There's a reason why there's never been a gender strategy before this moment. Just saying. The Washington Examiner says a new poll is out. Fauci lied and he should resign. Nearly half the nation believes that COVID-19 czar Anthony Fauci lied about funding virus testing in China and almost as many want him dumped from the post he's held for 37 years. In the latest Rasmussen Reports survey, 49% says he has not told the truth about U.S. funding for gain-of-function research. When asked if he should be forced to resign as director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, 46% said yes, and 40 said no. The survey followed the recent release of a memo suggesting the United States supported the funding of virus testing in China, where it is believed COVID-19 started and was developed. The Dallas Morning News reports federal judge tosses attempt by Southwest Airlines pilots to stop vaccine mandate. A federal judge says Southwest Airlines can require its 9,000 pilots to be vaccinated against COVID-19, rejecting an appeal for a temporary restraining order to halt compliance. The Southwest Airlines Pilots Association wanted U.S. District Judge Barbara Lynn to stop the airline's plan to, to require vaccines for all its employees, including pilots who argued that the mandate needed to be negotiated as part of its collective bargaining agreement. The judge dismissed the restraining order request on Tuesday. And those are your headline news. Bebe, 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 bebe
Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James the son of Alphaeus, Simon who was called a zealot, and Judas the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Ambrose said, Let not thy ears be open to deceit, that thou shouldest think that the Son of God prays for from want of strength, that he may obtain what he could not perform, for being himself the author of power, the master of obedience, he leads us by his own example to the precepts of virtue. Close quote, St. Ambrose, pray for us. What is he talking about there? Well, St. Ambrose is referring to the fact that Jesus goes up a mountain to pray all night long. Does he need that? Does he have to implore God the Father for, for this desire? No, he does the will of God the Father. Perfectly united in the Holy Trinity is the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. So, and it is an amazing thing to see that the Lord who, as uh, St. Paul would say, did not count equality to God, of God to be uh, grasped, yet he leads, he leads, he shows us the way by example. Maybe we ought to uh, give ourselves over to prayer far more frequently than we currently do, and I guess I'm speaking to myself right now. How often do I get on my knees and beg and implore God and align my will to God's will? For that which has been placed before me, those, those challenges that I must face, those tasks that must be accomplished, how much do I give myself over to prayer before big decisions must be made? It's a good question. Haydock says this, uh, these 12 Christ chose as individual companions and domestics. To these he committed the charge of founding and governing his church. He sent them as legates or ambassadors, for this is the import of the world apostle. To all the world, hence their power was more universal than that of bishops. These apostles, they have the whole world as their jurisdiction. What's concerning us is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul, unquote. God love you, Gloryandshine.com. Thank you again. 
The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. Surely, if you're thinking about the reality, the horror, and the enormity of abortion, you have to be moved to do something. Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you this morning. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Angelo Labuti is going to be our guest. He is the director of the Eucharistic Miracles film, who is on the hunt, by the way, for extras. You could be a movie star. We're going to talk about that, but a lot more as well. The status of the film, but in light of the fact that President Joe Biden is uh, meeting with the Pope this week, the conversation around Holy Communion is on our minds. We're going to have a conversation with Angelo about that as well. So that's coming up. Speaking of which, what's concerning me, there's an uh, article out over at the Catholic Vote. The headline goes, White House spokeswoman bristles at abortion question ahead of Biden's visit with the Pope. Bristles. I like that. That's good. A little bit of the article says, White House spokeswoman Jen Psaki seemed to express impatience with a reporter from a Catholic uh, TV network noting how, quote, often, unquote, he brings up abortion after he asked whether President Biden would discuss the issue with the Pope during his Friday papal visit. Quote, millions of Catholics will be watching when the president and Pope Francis meet, unquote, said EWTN's Owen Jensen to Jen Psaki at a White House press conference on Wednesday. He goes on to say, quote, The White House has said that they will discuss working together on efforts grounded on respect for human dignity. Will that include the human dignity of the unborn? Unquote. Excellent question, Owen. Excellent question. But that's not what Psaki said. She says, quote, Well, well, Owen, you got to love that. It's like, <laughs> well, Owen, as you know, although you ask me most often, if not every time, about abortion, unquote, Saki began. Quote, is there a problem with that? Unquote, Jensen asked. Quote, there's not. You can ask anything you want, unquote, Saki said. Saki pointed out that, there, that there's a, quote, great deal of agreement, unquote, between Pope Francis and President Biden. Quote, the president's faith is, as you all know, quite personal to him, unquote, she added, according to the Washington Examiner. Going on to say, quote, it absolutely has personal significance to him in addition to being an opportunity to discuss the range of issues, poverty, combating the climate crisis and ending the COVID-19 pandemic, unquote. When Jensen, Jensen rather, later pressed for another question, Saki repeatedly told him, quote, I've answered your question, unquote, and tried to move on. Don't you, gotta, don't you love that? This pesky little abortion question you keep bringing up, Owen. Come on, Owen. You and your abortion question all the time. Don't you know there are more important things than abortion, uh, like the human dignity of, of climate and other things, Owen? You know, it's like, it's so obvious to most people, even people who would, I would argue, support abortion, you would think they would even understand, okay, it is a hot button issue. Most people in the country are talking about it, are aware of it. 
There is a debate among bishops even about whether or not President Biden should receive Holy Communion, given his position, his ardent, hardcore support for abortion, which is intrinsically evil according to church teaching and natural law itself. And you can't even ask the question without getting a snarky response. Hmm. I don't know, Jen. Seems weird to me. Talking about climate change, here's a story out of the life site. LifeSite News. Uh, the headline goes like this. Iowa Archbishop urges laity to liquefy dead bodies instead of burying them. Says it's better for planet. <laughs> That's a headline. How would you like, my dear listener, to be liquefied upon death? Would you like that? Would you like to be liquefied upon death? I don't know. That seems incredibly creepy just on the, the surface of it, let alone the details. Here's a little bit of the article. The Catholic Archbishop of Dubuque, Iowa, has written to urge the faithful to reject, quote, traditional burial methods, unquote, in favor of liquefying a corpse in order to be less, quote, offensive, unquote, to the earth and environment. So now we have to, we were already asked to reject traditional forms of piety and liturgy. Now we also have to reject traditional forms of burial, too? Like, is this going to stop ever? At what point are we allowed to hold on to anything that's been around for more than three decades? I'm just curious. Archbishop Michael Jackals, the article goes on to say, made the argument in a letter dated October the 20th entitled, quote, Alternatives to Traditional Burial Methods, unquote, making reference to the two people, the, quote, two people who die every second worldwide and the 2.5 million who die annually in the United States, Jackals declared that this makes, quote, burial practices a significant environmental issue, unquote. The article goes on to say, estimates indicate that more than 130 square miles of land would be necessary for in-ground burials of those predicted to die in the next two decades. He wrote, lamenting how, quote, natural resources, unquote, are used for the coffins and vaults and that groundwater is polluted with embalming waste. Archbishop Jackals further uh, critiqued the process of cremation, a practice forbidden for Catholics until recent decades, saying each cremation, quote, uses about 30 gallons of fuel and both the burning and the body itself release pollutants into the air, unquote. Praising the Catholic Church for being, quote, a leader in the use of green burial, unquote. I didn't even know that was a term until I read this article. Have you ever heard of green burials? I've never heard the term green burial. Uh, I guess I'm that naive in the world. Jackals proposed alkaline hydrolysis as the green alternative. The process, according to the archbishop, involves combining hot water, lye, air pressure, and circulation to liquefy a corpse in a matter of hours, which then can be safely poured into the ground, unquote. You know, I bet they're probably consulting the mafia, who is uh, notorious for liquefying bodies for many decades now, uh, to get their advice here. I don't know, just saying. An alternative method proposed, the article says, by the 67-year-old prelate was recomposting or recomposing, a method whereby the body is placed in a container covered with wood, with wood chips, straw, and alfalfa using heat to kill contagions and airflow for decomposition. After a month, it results in soil. 
This process is used specifically with the environmental impact in mind to aid healing the climate. To aid healing the climate. Hmm. Would you like your body to become soil? I wonder what you, they will do with your body afterwards. This is the kicker now, isn't it? He, uh, this, the article goes on to say, I'm not going to read the whole article to you, but it goes on to talk about how he uh, thinks that a green burial is good, that, that just if we can accept cremation, then why can't we accept liquefaction? And the whole idea of whether it's buried in a cemetery or in the air, the water, the sea, I mean, yeah, whatever, as long as you like to say prayers, I guess. I'm, I, am, I am paraphrasing. I encourage you to read the article for the details or read his letter directly for yourself, which I'm sure is linked up in the article as well as probably on his own website. But nonetheless, very, very concerning story considering the, the opportunity at complete disrespect for the remains of the, of the person, which happens to be the temple of the Holy Ghost. Very concerning story here. But I wonder if you're really concerned about things like embalming, okay, fine, fair enough. Why not take up the practice what the Jews did? They don't have lots of ground to bury their people in, and they still don't to this day, as far as I know. They place them in a, in a tomb. The body decomposes, becomes bones. They place bones in a box. The box is way smaller. In fact, there are many ossuary boxes still in existence today as artifacts in museums from the time of Christ. So this practice works fairly well. Very, very natural, no chemicals involved. Why not offer that solution up? It still respects the body, keeps them in sacred spaces, doesn't uh, misuse the body for any reason whatsoever, and uh, doesn't involve liquefying things. It seems crazy to me. Adrian? Yeah, one thing that I thought was that we really need to focus on is this idea of, of respecting the human body. Because I've been uh, doing research on cremation, which the church used to condemn cremation, and now it's allowed under the circumstance of you're doing it out of the reason of financial necessity and not out of a disrespect for the body. But how much more the church condemned for years that the practice of cremation, better yet, liquefying the human body, that is mind-boggling to disrespect the human body. Why is it disrespectful? Because... Whenever our Lord comes again at the second coming, we will have our bodies reunited with ourselves because our Lord. So it's not the fact that if you liquefy the body, God does not have the power to resurrect you. Of course he does. He's God. He can do whatever he wants. But it's out of respect for the creation which God made. Our bodies are going to decay anyway. But it's out of respect for the human body and yeah. then burying our families together because Father Von Kochem in his book, The Four Last Things, he talks about how you should want to be buried in a Christian burial home and you should want to be buried somewhere where you're with your family because on the second coming, at the second coming, you'll be reunited with your body and you'll resurrect where your body is. Yeah. And so you want to be re resurrected with your fellow Christians and with your family. But to me, it's more... It, it, Experimentation. It, the the experiment continues. Like nothing is sacred, nothing is off limits. You know, we can continue to to push the boundaries, to experiment, and to reprioritize the climate over all other things. Yeah, it's a very much falling into the egalitarian culture that we're keep pushing towards further and further with people like outrage, outrage, and rightly so. But there's so much outrage over uh, Fauci and the and the uh, the experiment with the puppies. But 
you don't hear anything about <laughs> experiments with children right. and like the uh, the rats that they yeah. scalped them and they were grafting them I mean, onto rats. Nobody right. cared. Nobody we can care. We can have a consensus of right and left. Democrat, Republicans, conservatives, libertines, and everybody in between, they will all come out to to speak up for the puppies. But ask about abortion? Oh, my heavens, forget it. No, we're deeply divided. Jen Psaki says we're not even allowed to ask about abortion right now, you know, let alone defending the marriage or other intrinsic evils in society. And yet we continue to be bombarded with these ideas that the environment at all cost is the most, you know, the highest priority, the most important issue of our time. I mean, is it really? I mean, don't get me wrong. I believe we ought to be good stewards of the environment, just like Adam was called to be the gardener of the garden, to take care of it, to be a steward. Yay and amen. But should he have been a steward above saving that, uh, defending his spouse against the intruder, the, the, the serpent? No, of course not. That was his first job, is to defend, to keep, and to protect. And so... Letting our guards down is a mistake here. Reprioritizing things is a mistake here, in my opinion. And and this will be an open door to all kinds of abuse. How many people do we know who have been cremated and the urns are sitting on a mantle someplace mm-hmm. in the house? Or they spread the ashes. Yeah, or they I – mean, there was that movie, The Way, with uh, with uh, uh, Charlie Sheen's dad. Um, what's his name? All of his, Martin Sheen. Uh, the way where he took his son's ashes and he spread it all along the Via Compostello. And the whole time I'm just shaking my head going, you're, you're representing Catholic, the Catholic Church here and the Catholics here. And you're making something seem okay that is not. It is not okay. We must respect the person and the dignity made in the image and likeness of God in life and in death. And this is my, uh, My concern here, that it won't be. We're opening a door. Can we close it again? I don't know. Let's pray and fast. After the break, breaking news, and Angel the Booty's going to be on. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Atheists often justify their atheism by saying there's no scientific evidence for God. But this is problematic for two reasons. First, science can no more detect God than a metal detector can detect plastic cups. God, who is immaterial, is beyond the scope of scientific inquiry because science is restricted to detecting matter. This leads to a second critique. The argument confuses method with reality. Science's inability to detect God says nothing whether or not God exists. It's simply a manifestation of the limitations of its detecting powers. To say God doesn't exist because science can't detect him is to confuse the limitations of the method for knowing reality with what is real. So it really doesn't matter that science can't detect God and therefore is not a justifiable reason to be an atheist. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. The Epic Times reports Texas governor signs bill requiring student-athletes 
play on teams matching their birth sex. Praise be to God. The Blaze reports, In a huge blow to progressives and President Biden, paid family leave dropped from massive spending bill. Democrats reportedly dropped paid family leave and medical leave from their massive spending bill, a blow to the agenda of progressives and President Joe Biden. Biden had publicly named the policies as priorities for his Build Back Better spending bill, but they were tanked by objections from Senators Joe Manchin of West Virginia and Kirsten Sinema of Arizona. Some Democrats hope that they can get it back into the bill. The Hill reports New York City Firefighters Union leader tells unvaccinated members to defy the mandate. The head of New York City's Firefighters Union said on Wednesday that he has advised unvaccinated members to disregard Mayor Bill de Blasio's order placing city workers on unpaid leave if they didn't get vaccinated. Quote, I have told my members that if they chose to remain unvaccinated, they must still report for duty, unquote, Andrew Ansbro said uh, during a news conference, according to Reuters. He goes on to say, quote, if they are told that they cannot work, it will be the department and the city of New York that sends them home. And it will be the department and the city of New York that failed to protect its citizens, he added. According to Ansboro, New York City firefighters felt insulted by de Blasio's order as they had risked their health and safety during the COVID-19 pandemic. Breitbart reports Nor'easter pummels Massachusetts Upwards of 490,000 businesses and homes lose power. A nor'easter battered eastern Massachusetts, leaving over 490,000 businesses and homes without power by mid-morning on October the 27th. The storm wrecked havoc throughout Massachusetts's hard-hittest areas, including Boston's South Shore, Cape Cod, and Cape Ann, CBS Boston reported. By noontime... The number of customers without electricity was 494,381,000 uh, people. Several communities remain entirely without power, according to the outlet. Meteorologist Cindy Fitzgibbon of WCVB reported winds reached speeds of 94 miles per hour in Egertown, 87 miles per hour in Sicut, Situate, rather, 84 miles in Dennis, 84 miles in Duxbury, and 78 in Rockport. The storm left fallen trees and downed power lines throughout the South Shore and Cape Cod, according to CBS Boston. Pew Research Center says fast facts as Biden meets with Pope Francis. They're reposting them today. President Joe Biden is set to meet with Pope Francis at the Vatican this week as part of a larger trip to Europe. Though they plan to discuss topics such as climate change and poverty, the meeting also takes place amid a debate over whether Biden, the nation's second Catholic president, should receive Holy Communion. Biden's support of abortion rights has prompted some Catholic clergy to argue he should be denied. But in September, the Pope said politics had no place in questions about who gets the Eucharist. Here are some of the most recent Pew Research Center survey findings. Overall, 64% of U.S. adults said they think Biden is at least somewhat religious, according to a March 2021 survey. But views differed widely by partisan affiliation. Two-thirds of Catholics said in March 2021 that Biden should be allowed to receive communion during Mass, while 29% said he should not be allowed to do this. 
However, among Catholic Republicans, a slim majority, 55%, said Biden's abortion stance should disqualify him from receiving communion. Just 11% of Catholic Democrats said the same. Six in 10 U.S. adults had a favorable view of Pope Francis, and 28% viewed him unfavorably, according to a September 2021 survey. And those are your headline news. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, is uh, Angela joining us, Adrian? Yes, he's having uh, technical difficulties. He'll be on in just a second. Let me mention there's a story while we're waiting for Angelo uh, Labuti to join us. He's the director of the Eucharistic Miracles film. There is a, a cra- there's a couple of crazy stories. I, I tend not to want to even share these types of stories, to be honest with you. One is a story about the police discovered some little children living in an apartment with their deceased brother who had become skeletonized. And uh, this is a, a Blaze article. It says, Authorities arrest mother and boyfriend in connection with abandoned children living in house of horrors with brother's skeletal remains. I don't want to read this story to you. I just want to mention it because this, there was another story out of Indianapolis. Uh, it was a house of horrors there, too. And reading the details, I, I literally, it was disgusting. There is evil afoot in the world, and it should remind us as Catholics that we have much to pray for, especially during this time. You know, Halloween is around the corner, and many like to abuse the season of Halloween for more gruesome and diabolical means. Let us uh, pray, fast, and do penance for those uh, that would do so. Commit such evil and horrific crimes. Let's pray for their conversion and repentance before it's too late. Joining us now, though, via Zoom chat, praise be to God, is Angelo Labuti. He is the director of the Eucharistic Miracles film, and it's good to have you back on the program. Good morning to you. Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much for having me. Praise be to God. You're, are you in Los Angeles this morning? Yes, indeed. So it is very early for you, and we're very grateful that you got up early to hang out with us. Let's start with the film. What is the status of uh, the Eucharistic Miracles film? We started uh, to filming the live action of the reenactment of the the Bible passages and specifically the part with the John 6. Um, and it's kind of like, a, I want to take in a little bit from, from what you, you were talking before about the Halloween. I think probably this is going to be a good way to attach it. So we, we kind of asking to every Catholic as many as possible to show up and uh, dress up <laughs> like uh, at least if you really like it to dress up, I mean, you can kind of dress up uh, for, uh, for for making a movie about Jesus. Well, that'd and, be fun. Uh, and uh, we we had like a really beautiful turnout uh, uh, last weekend. Uh, we had like over 150 people show up uh, and uh, with the costumes, beautiful costumes. On our website, there is some sort of uh, a teaching for how to make the costumes and stuff, I mean, and uh, so they, they came up really well, beautiful, beautiful families with, uh, even it was one family was with a two-month-old child, uh, and uh, really was, that day was really cold, this this, uh, this, uh, <laughs> this November 6th is going to be it's really hot, so it's going to be okay. Uh, so yeah, so we started with, uh, it's, it's really important uh, to have in, uh, uh, 5,000 or, or even more people, I mean, because we want to see this powerful image about all these uh, disciples, all these people that used to believe in Christ, that when uh, he mentioned about 
the Eucharist that they he had to they had to eat their his, his own flesh. Mm. Everybody left. So uh, this is probably the most important scene of the movie because if we don't show up so many, it's got to be less powerful. Yeah, the, the, this image about everybody leaving. I mean, and uh, it's something that uh, nobody's done it because I think it's probably is a Catholic believer that uh, uh, he really meant uh, uh, the, to really eat his flesh. And uh, so we're really uh, hoping that, I mean, uh, many people is going to show up. Yeah, I know it was a pivotal moment for me personally in my own journey to the Catholic faith was that particular passage. I needed to know whether or not Jesus was being literal or figurative because mm-hmm. so many of my friends and family members were telling me he was only being figurative. He did not mean it literally. And so I was on this wild journey reading the early church fathers, and I, I discovered that they took it seriously. They took it literally. Um, so I ended up doing research on John 6 in particular. I looked up every word in the original Greek. I looked at very various translations, and and uh, and I... I came away with this incredible mystical uh, just moment where Jesus was clearly being literal, calling us to the Eucharist uh, or laying the groundwork for calling us to the Eucharist. And it changed my course for the rest of my life. And I know that many are in the same situation. Many people, converts like myself who come into the church, they spend hours laboring over this particular passage. So I can, I can appreciate your desire to get this right. What there was a specific, uh, I'm curious of this. I really love to listen all this, this uh, conversion. There was a, a specific word, a specific saint, yeah. a specific things that they made you say, okay, it's it, or just uh, yeah. a, a, a multitude of uh, study, multitude of searches, slowly by slowly lead you to, to that reality. Yeah, so uh, I grew up Church of Christ, so Protestant. I became Catholic mm-hmm. and o- only to get married to my wife. She made me become Catholic. And then okay. uh, I w- but I was living as a secular person, as a heathen, hedonistic uh, man, and I had a mystical encounter with Christ that changed my life in April of 2002. But my mm-hmm. friends and family were all Protestants, and they were all telling me the Catholic Church was wrong about everything. And yeah. I discovered through listening to Protestant Calvinist preachers like Alistair Begg out of Scotland uh, that the you know the, that this was a main main issue that the church was being uh, too literal in its interpretation of Jesus' words in John six. I studied the early church fathers, Saint uh, uh, Ignatius of Antioch in particular, but you have others, and that led me to to really wanting to dive deep. Which that music means we're going to break. <laughs> Angela Labuti is our guest. We're going to have a short break. We're going to be right back and continue our conversation with him about the film, Their Need for Extras. You could be a Hollywood star. We'll talk about that again. And Joe Biden and the Pope, all coming up next. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say, Why do Christians talk so much about God and so little about humanity? G.K. Chesterton says that the people who insist that we forget divine things and think of 
human things end up talking about how helpless human beings are because of their faulty environment or their fatal heredity or their uncontrollable animal instincts. And it all ends with the old fatalist cry that we must forgive everything because there's nothing to forgive. But these things are not the human things. These are the subhuman things, the, the things we share with animals. The human things are exactly what they dismiss as merely divine. The human things are free will, responsibility, authority, and self-denial. The things that are really human are also divine. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you, Angelo Labuti is our guest, and uh, he is the director of the Eucharistic Miracles film, which, by the way, they are looking for extras. You, your family, could be involved in the making of this film uh, on, on, on camera, too. Whew, you might have an IMDb profile after this. Who knows? The sky's the limit. But uh, you can go to their website, and you can find the details of how you might participate in an upcoming uh, uh, shooting a session of John 6. With uh, your family, maybe, uh, in costume. That'd be super cool. It's at EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com forward slash costumes. Just go to EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com. You can see the costumes link at the top of the page. Click that. It'll give you all the information you need to become an extra in this really cool film. But uh, welcome back to the show, Angelo. Um, I just want to, let me just wrap up real quick what I was mentioning before the break in that, uh, because I was challenged on the Catholic faith by Protestants and my friends and my family, uh, I had to dive deep. And when I discovered the early church fathers, uh, held fast to the Catholic church's teaching in the earliest days, the Didache, St. Justin Martyr were very influential to me, but there were others as well. Uh, uh, Tertullian, for instance, I had to know was Jesus being literal or figurative, so I studied John 6 just with as many sources as I could find. And the Greek words, sarks, you know, the Greek words, trogon, these are very literal words. And, and the fact that you have that coupled with the church's uncontested teaching on the Holy Eucharist for 1,500 years until Martin Luther shows up is a powerful testimony to the reality of uh, what Christ has given to us. And I hope that your film will do, an am- I trust and pray that it will do an amazing job depicting that key pivotal moment for so many converts like me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and again, I want to tell the two people too, the people with the best costumes, that we are going to give some lines to them too. So they are going to really? be able to, to say, yeah, because, because it's to say, we are to, we are to praise him, we are to like say thanks to the people that done really good work. There was some people with the fantastic costumes, uh, last last things. I mean, so uh, we we want to give a thank you. I mean, so to the people that done good work. So there are going to be like uh, some some little lines when people they kind of rebelling to Jesus, so they kind of asking that he's telling the truth. So it's really simple lines that uh, doesn't require a high acting skills. <laughs> I mean, but it's, it's a kind of way to make them say, "Oh, look, I was there." I mean, so 
we want to we want to thank nice. you. That is so cool. Praise be God. How fun it will that be for for some folks to be able to uh, to have a little cameo role in this movie? It's going to be amazing. When do you when do you anticipate the film will be complete? Yeah, so you touched this is something really important. I mean, it's uh, we're still uh, lacking for two hundred fifty thousand dollar, which is definitely is nothing for any movie and production. Because I mean, with the two hundred fifty thousand dollar, usually you're just doing one scene. We are doing like a, a six scenes, so uh, it's definitely. But we, it all depends now. Because I mean, uh, suddenly after the COVID, uh, that I mean now is mostly company are back. Mm. Uh, the price went up. So, uh, for example, for a piece of land uh, renting, uh, uh, usually it was like a, when it was the beginning of the COVID when we started, it was just $1,000. Now it's over $8,000, $20,000 oh, wow. for just booking one location because now every company, Disney, Paramount, and Due, they are paying so much for making movies because they are so behind uh, yeah. from uh, a, not making movie before. So the prices were really sky high. Mm. The, any any people that used to work into the unions, uh, now actually recently they they, they approved uh, a new deal, deal with uh, the union with the Netflix and stuff. With, they used to pay really, really low. Now they raised the, the price really high. Mm. So we are now competing uh, whatever it was planning to have our budget now we went to be way more higher so we hope as soon as we get the money as soon as we can finish so, so we can uh, people yeah. can donate right on the website correct yes yes we have a button to donate everywhere and the really good news now is is we are no profit uh, we partner with this uh, great friend of mine uh, Richie that uh, is from Catholic Connect Mm. So for, for for people that don't know, Catholic Connect is just one uh, the guy to really connecting every Catholics around the world. Amazing, brilliant, brilliant uh, kid. And I mean, so he's uh, he's creating, he's finalizing now this beautiful app that uh, is almost like a spider web with all churches around the world and each church with every priest within that church with all the uh, parishes. Yeah, and uh, he he helped us to making our own app for uh, this movie. So we are trying oh, to mimicking wow. what uh, what the the guys from the chosen did. So we are going to have this uh, special, unique app just for the Eucharist. Nice. So every kind of things you imagine on the Eucharist, we are going to try to put there. And uh, we have this beautiful news from uh, the mother of Carlo Acutis. Mm. You can probably explain it more to the audience who is for people that don't know that uh, she donate uh, every documents that Carlo did uh, and uh, any uh, animation. She created this little animation for children about explaining all the miracles of the Eucharist. Wow. Uh, so we are going to keep him build it up. So, uh, that one there. I mean, yeah. That is amazing. Praise be to God. Uh, Richie Orzoko, I think, is the guy behind Catholic Connect. We've had him correct, on the program correct, before. Correct. Uh, I, I've known him for several years. Great guy. Very, very creative and entrepreneurial. So uh, I'm glad to hear that he's helping you on this project. But we want to encourage folks to go to and, uh, the, and donate on the website for this film, EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com forward slash 
or you go to the forward slash customs for the becoming an extra and learning how to make your costume and all of those details. But there's a big white donate button at the top of the page on the homepage as well. You can click that and make your donations. That'd be wonderful. Praise be to God. Um, let's uh, thank you. I, and I want to really thank you, everybody, because I mean, without you guys, we cannot make it. So uh, as soon as you we help us to raise in this this amount, I mean, we, we're going to like a finish right away. I mean, we have a beautiful costume. And you, I, I want to sh- I want to show you guys something. I mean, how beautiful is uh, uh, the scene we did with Jesus and uh, the apostles. Uh, Beautiful cast, all like almost like seventy percent of them they are real actors. Nice. Uh, some, some of them they really did some some pretty good movies. So they were like we have an amazing uh, acting coach that she's helping. So the level is uh, it's it is is really good. It's really really good. Extremely good. I mean, so praise be to God. I'm really proud. Of, yeah, yeah. Thank and you. I see this mil- movie having such a huge impact, especially coming up. I mean, we see so many every day. I feel like we're seeing more and more uh, desecrations of the Eucharist. People not understanding priests and bishops who seemingly don't believe in the Eucharist and the way they treat the Blessed Sacrament. I know and locally we had a priest giving a sermon recently who broke down in tears giving a sermon because he was cleaning up after church and found hosts just lying around in the pews inside of books and That's he was so just cool. he was just shocked by it. And now we're having we're seeing uh Joe Biden going to visit the Holy Father in uh in Rome and Nancy Pelosi just came back from visiting the Holy Father in Rome and uh the question is everyone has in their mind is Will Pope Francis refuse uh, Joe Biden Holy Communion? Is this something like? Tell me about this in relation to the Eucharistic Miracles film. Yes. Uh, so first of all, I w- because I'm Italian and I live there most of my life, and uh, all my family is there. Uh, I can tell you something uh, that uh, for making people understanding more about the situation. It, I mean, you just mentioned it. Uh, Italy is extremely, extremely socialist uh, country. And uh, meaning that uh, even at, uh, it's like having just CNN, that's it. So everybody is pretty much brainwashed from uh, a one side of, uh, of uh, the political aspect. So if you ask uh, to anybody there how America is doing uh, and how Joe Biden is doing, they're going to tell you he's saving America. He's, uh, my parents say, wow, I, I can't believe how well he's doing it. I mean, I say, what are you talking about? Well, he's doing <laughs> He's been, he's been, he's been killing, uh, pushing for abortion to the last term. Uh, same yeah. things with, uh, they don't know nothing. They don't know nothing. Therefore, as a cause effect, the Pope doesn't know nothing. So he's going to, I believe it. I mean, he's going to, Treat them like these saviors, these people that, I mean, they're saving things. They're just some part of the news mm. is being reported to them. And that, as you see, people yeah. that just follow CNN and mm. you're talking about all this other stuff, they're thinking you're clueless. I think that you are mad. You, that's why America is such a division now today yeah. because uh, we have uh, two, at least here, we still have a little bit of uh, uh, explanation about both sides of the story there is absolutely one side you know so one of the, yeah well we talked about this earlier a couple maybe a couple days ago about the eucharistic miracles one of the aspects i've always loved about eucharistic miracles 
is how how many miracles the Lord has granted in cases where, like, say, the priest was saying mass but doubted in his heart about the presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist. What a yes. gift that would be to to give to a priest to turn them around, right? Uh, such an am- amazing thing. Animals recognize the presence of Christ in the Holy Eucharist when humans deny it, <laughs> that kind of thing. Um, yeah. and, and yet we live in a day and an age where the most uh, famous Catholic on planet Earth outside of the Pope, the President of the United States, denies publicly the dignity of the human person in the womb and encourages companies uh, to participate in their destruction. The Pope knows there's a raging debate going on in American bishops and clergy and lay faithful over this very issue and won't talk about it with him. I got to tell you, Angelo, I find that incredibly, incredibly scandalous. Um, we're out of time, but I just want to yeah. say we're grateful for your film. We're grateful that uh, that you're you're committing so much to make this happen. We pray that you reach that uh, amount of 250000 needed to finish it, because we know that the miracles of the Holy Eucharist can change lives. And uh, we're grateful. Thank you, guys. And we're looking forward to what the work uh, will happen through your work. So praise be to God. God love you, Angelo. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you for getting up early again and being on our program. <laughs> and we'll have to have you back for another update soon. But uh, praise be to Jesus. Absolutely. You know, I broke, God bless you guys. I broke my own rule. We didn't even talk about Padre Pio. I had intended, but the audience was supposed to remind me. And, ah, next time. Next time. That is okay. going to do it for our number one of Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. If you can join us in the second hour, we'd love to have you, of course. Good news coming up, plus uh, breaking news and stories of good nature and Saint of the Day, Gospel Day, and the Game Show all coming up next hour. God love Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false god does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false god when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true queen of heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12 verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of twelve stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true queen of heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. 
So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You are only one day away. Just one day, and you get your weekend back. Praise be to Jesus, right? You can do this. You got this. It's going to be a great day. I don't know where you are right now, but the weather where I am is quite nice this morning. I like it. It felt cool and crisp in the air. I love that kind of weather. Um, So hopefully you're going to have a beautiful day as well. But we're going to have a great hour this hour. We just wrapped up a conversation with Angelo Labuti. He is the director of the Eucharistic Miracles film. And just to say as a reminder, if you're just joining us, you might have an opportunity to be an extra in the film. They're filming a scene uh, for John 6, John chapter 6, in uh, out in California, and they're looking for extras. You could be a part of it. It'd be kind of fun to be on camera, right? And he did say that there are people who went above and beyond in, like, producing their, their own costumes kind of thing, and they're getting actual talking lines, so... That's pretty cool. They have an acting coach and everything lined up. But you can find the details on their website at EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com. That's EucharisticMiraclesMovie.com. If you click on the costumes link at the top, you will find the information that you would need to know to be a part of uh, a film. That'd be super cool, wouldn't it? All right. So that was the last hour. We'll post that conversation at some point to our social media feeds today. Uh, but also, uh, we're going to be sending out the CDT Insider email tonight. So uh, I appreciate and love our insiders who are hanging out with us on our email list. And I always like to send them some unique piece of content. Uh, so last week, it was the exclusive interview with uh, Myra, the uh, whistleblower of Planned Parenthood, which we played that interview, a part of it anyway, yesterday. I'll include that in tonight's email as just uh, for those that are just joining us in the email list. But tonight, we have an email or a piece of content of uh, St. Leonard of Port Maurice in the fewness of saved. Adrian Fonseca read that yesterday, and I will include that video in our email blast tonight, so you can get that. All you got to do is be on our email list, and you'll get it right in your email inbox. You can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash cdt. Click on the CDT Insider email link, and you can get instructions on joining our email list. Or pull out your, your cell phone and text the letters GRN 
to the number 42828, and you can sign up just by doing that. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828, and you'll get on our email list that way as well. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Praise be to God. Yeah. One day and Speak- the weekend is here. Yes. And and speaking about extras, uh, I have you ever been an extra for a movie before? Have I ever been an extra for a movie before? Uh, no, I don't think so. I'm trying to remember just in case. No, I, I, I've, been, I've been an extra for a um, movie called Fotina. It was a... A short doc, a short little video about um, the Samaritan woman. Wow! And I also got to dress up as the village people, and I was actually one of the mean muggers, like the YMCA village people, like YMCA, <laughs> no. like that kind of village. No, person? like the, um, like the, uh, I guess like uh, uh, Jerusalem, like village. People. Oh, okay, oh, okay, yeah. I get where you're going now. Yeah, like your background people milling about a village about village like work. Yes, gotcha. And I was one of the mean muggers towards the Samaritan woman who really? was getting uh, she was getting water at the well. No kidding. And uh, you know the Samaritan woman was known as like an adulteress having multiple husbands and so um mm-hmm. my my role uh apart was to make her feel horrible was to make her feel horrible in how the do village you, how do you sleep at night janice with that <laughs> conscience of yours uh, um yeah that was fun, fun times fun but times. um yeah fotina fotina is actually uh an uh, a saint saint fotina uh, apparently i think that was the name of the samaritan woman uh, according to history well it's, it, it says that um yeah so that's why it was called fotina well speaking of village people adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to you adrian good morning good morning it's good to be here <gasps> praise be to god the village people you know, was, I don't. I don't was that out loud? A, I don't live in a village. Was that out loud? I'm, work, I'm <laughs> working on it. I live in a, it. in a city. You did? Mm-hmm. A, quite a large city, in uh-huh. fact. Mm-hmm. In fact, it's one of the largest cities in America. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever been an extra on a film? Uh, yes, I think so. I've been in a number. <laughs> I've been in a few uh, films and videos, uh, short films, things like that. Uh, and I'm trying to remember what I've been in, but it's been a long time. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, but I've been in a lot of, uh, I used to do a lot of acting when I was younger. I mean, I'm still young, but I just haven't done acting in a, lot, in a while. Sure you are. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, my sister-in-law, in my sister-in-law actually played uh, several extras in some big Hollywood films. Uh, she actually once was a stand-in for Sandra Bullock on a film. I can't remember the name of the film, though. But uh, yeah. say. Yeah, I don't think she does it anymore, but she used to back in back in the day. All right. Well, at any rate, we might have a conversation around all of that in the after show. The after show can get uh, can get interesting sometimes. It goes in any direction you want it to go. All you have to do is hang out with us in the com box there, either on Facebook, YouTube. You can be on Twitter too, Odyssey.com, or on our website grnonline.com forward slash cdt, which contains the links to all those other things I said. Go to grn online.com forward slash cdt let's pray and dive into this hour i have a piece of good historical news for you my favorite kind and uh we'll get started in the name of the father son and the holy ghost remember O most gracious virgin mary that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession was left unaided inspired by this confidence i fly unto thee O virgin of virgins my mother to thee do i come Before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now, your good news for today. A piece of historical news uh, and significance, especially in light 
of the Apostles, which is a part of the gospel today. Fox News reports archaeologists uncover more from site of Church of the Apostles. A team of Israeli and American archaeologists say they're digging deeper into the past of a historic Christian basilica in today's northern Israel, offering theories as to how its structure changed over the years. Known as the Church of the Apostles, the Basilica was noted by a Bavarian bishop who, back in 724 AD, placed it in the biblical city of Bethsaida. In the New Testament, Bethsaida is where Jesus performed miracles and the birthplace for several apostles. St. Peter and St. Andrew, according to Bishop Willibald's account, lived in a residence on top of which the church was built. Last week, a team of Israeli and American archaeologists revealed additional pieces of the church's mosaics, purportedly uncovered for the very first time in some 1,500 years. Quote, we identified a large apse in the east and uncovered two inscriptions, said Professor Mordecai Aviem of Kinneret College. Kinneret College. He goes on to say, quote, only a small section of the first one survived, which mentions a deacon and a building project. The larger second one is half a medallion, which mentions the bishop and the reconstruction of the building, unquote. Archaeologists said in 2019, they found the church near the Sea of Galilee, where Bishop Wildebald traveled during the 8th century. According to a press release, excavators found that the outer walls of the church were preserved, but were unable to locate an entrance. It is possible, quote, that directly on the same walls of the church, a sugar factory was erected in the Middle Ages, unquote, the release said. It goes on to say, its builders had no interest in the mosaics they discovered when they laid the foundations, and so the interior area was filled with dirt containing many fragments of sugar vessels, inadvertently bearing the entire church. It also says, it's possible that the remains of the church were intentionally enclosed by a wall after it was destroyed in an earthquake. It was cleaned and renewed in such a way that the church was preserved and commemorated even though there was no Christian community nearby and no one came there to visit the holy place or to pray." Unquote. That church is thought to be built on the very residence of Saints Peter and Andrew. How cool would it be to visit that and see that today? St. Peter and Andrew, pray for us. And that is your good news for today. The saint of the day is St. Joaquim Royo. He was born in 1691 in Teruel, Spain. He joined the Dominicans, as any wise person does, in Valencia, Spain in 1709. He became a missionary in the Philippines in, in 1712 and then to China in 1715. He worked with St. Peter Sands, a priest, and he served his parishioners by night and by night and hiding in the tombs or in secret rooms by day to avoid the government persecutions. Hmm, sounds like not much has changed. Imprisoned for two years for his faith, beginning in 1746, he became one of the martyrs of China. When Saints Peter Sands, Francis Serrano, John Alcabor, Joaquim Royo, and Francis Diaz were asked if they could feel the pain from their torture, St. Peter Sands responded, Indeed I do, but I think of my Savior's sufferings. The guards didn't understand them because they continued to evangelize even amidst the grueling conditions of their imprisonment. The Viceroy of Peking wrote about them, What are we to do with these men? Their lives are certainly irreproachable. Even in prison, 
They convert men to their opinions, and their doctrines so seize upon the heart that their adepts fear neither torments nor captivity. They themselves are joyous in their chains. The jailers and their families become their disciples, and those condemned to death embrace their religion. To prolong this state is only to give them the opportunity of increasing their number of Christians. He died by being tortured and then strangled to death on the evening of the 28th of October, 1748, in the prison of Fuxiu, China. He was beatified on the 14th of May, 1893, by Pope Leo XIII and canonized on the 1st of October, 2000, by John Paul II. St. Joachim Royo, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 6, verses 12 through 16. Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. When day came, he called his disciples to himself, and from them he chose twelve, whom he also named apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon, who was called a zealot, and Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor, the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Augustine said Judas, the traitor, is chosen, not unwittingly, though, but knowingly. For Christ had indeed taken to himself the weakness of man, and therefore refused not even this share of human infirmity. He was willing to be betrayed by his own apostle, that thou, when betrayed by thy friend, mayest bear calmly thy mistaken judgment, thy kindness thrown away. Again, as I said last hour, Jesus knows it all. He has it all. He doesn't need anything. But still, he shows us the way he leads by example. Adrian, what did you find? Yes, this is great. I want to focus on just verse 12 here. He says, Jesus went up to the mountain to pray, and he spent the night in prayer to God. Cornelius Lopede had a lot to say about this. And at the end, he says, oh, and go check out my commentary on Deuteronomy 6-7. And I'm like, darn it. I don't have access to that. But anyway, what we do have access to is he says he went over to the mountain to pray. And what did he pray for? He said he was communing with God the Father in order to choose fitting member men to be apostles and to obtain grace for them. So that way they can fulfill the duties of their office. Now, Cornelius Lapide actually relates this exact practice of our Lord to the practice of Ember Days. He says, so the church at Embertide enjoys her children to fast and to pray that fitting persons may be chosen for the work of the ministry. This is amazing because he shows the fact that this kind of action of our Lord it is directly tied with our own practices that we have. Okay, so what does he say onward? He says here that he is a blessing and a strength to his diocese. Be, but if he be an evil liver or slothful, he becomes a stumbling block and offense to believers. In like manner, also a good priest makes a good parish, but an evil one is for a destruction to his people. This is a huge deal. And then finally, last thing is he says, our Lord goes at night. Why does he go at night? Because he's showing us how and when we should pray that praying at night is better for us, is more likely to save us, uh, to give us an opportunity to meditate and to focus in on the things of higher goods, which is why in first Timothy, it says, hence Christ prayed by night and taught in the daytime. And so did Paul. And so did many other saints. So think about 
trying to pray at night for uh, for a change. See how that goes for you. No, don't pray sleepy, but go and try to see uh, whenever things are more peaceful, everything's calm. Try praying then. All right, praise be to God. It's time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. What we need is a caller on the line to make that happen. So you could be a winner. You could be a contestant right now. All you have to do is make a phone call. The phone lines are open. The phone number is 877-757-9424. Call right now. For your chance to be our contestant, to play our game and possibly win the prizes, and you don't need to know the answers to win our game. It's that much fun. All that's coming up next. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling is on the way. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children, developed the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit CatholicsComeHome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. And uh, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda. Praise be to God. There are some things we like to do. We just don't tell anybody about them, okay? So you got to promise me. You got to promise me that you will not share what I'm about to tell you with anybody else, and then I'll tell, tell it to you. Okay? Deal? Pinky swear? All right, so here's the deal. We like to teach the faith. So we look for teachable moments in the questions, which means you may learn something you did not know before about the Catholic faith. And that's always a good thing, right? Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have fun. 
and our callers tend to be really good sports. They laugh with us, and we enjoy that part quite a bit. And then we give up prizes, which means everybody wins in the end. Praise be to Jesus. So there's the deal. But here's the kicker. If you've never heard us before, we have three Catholic trivia questions, but we don't ask our caller these questions. Instead, I will ask Janice and I will ask Adrian. One of them will be right and the other will be wrong. The caller will have 15 seconds to decide whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian. And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Janice, what could they win? This week, our sponsor is Danielle Mandragon. She uh, she owns a small business called Sanctionary. Sanctionary is a uh, Etsy shop where she sells prints uh, with Catholic saint images, uh, note cards, uh, different various goods. She sells a journal as well. Um, she has different uh, goods, and she's giving away a box set of stationery. Uh, valued at $25. Uh, she's giving away six cards with the image of the depiction of the visitation, the moment when Mary meets Elizabeth with a scripture quote. Uh, she'll be giving away uh, uh, the blank cards uh, with uh, the ability for you to personalize a note inside with envelopes. Um, the cards, again, are five by seven, high quality card stock. Again, this is a box, a set of stationery with the image of Mary meeting Elizabeth. And the sponsor's name, again, is Saint-Shanary. She has an Instagram account at Saint.Shanary and then Etsy shop at Saint-Shanary as well. Definitely um, go support small Catholic businesses. This is definitely one to check out, Saint-Shanary. Right. Praise be to God. Thank you to Saint-Shanary for being our generous sponsor today. All right, we need to go to the phones, and the rule is the first caller gets to be the get our contestant today, so we're very grateful for Jennifer. Good morning to you, Jennifer. Thank you for being a part of our program. Good morning. Praise be to God, Jennifer. Where are you calling from? Uh, from Jardinson. Jardinson. Jardinson, Texas. Nice. Yes, Praise sir. be to God. I got to say you're probably the first caller we've ever had from that part of planet Earth. Praise be to Jesus. Where do you go to church? Well, I, I go to Cowboy uh, Church Fellowship in, in Pleasanton, but I've been listening to your radio show um, since February. Wow. So. Well, another non-Catholic listener. Praise, Praise be to God. God. Well, we're grateful you are listening today, Jennifer. Uh, you, are you, if you've been listening, then you know you know the rules. You know how the game is played. Yes. Yes, sir. And you know Janice and Adrian are super tricky. Yes, I've, I've been listening to them, yes. <laughs> I am on your side, Jennifer. I'm here to help you get into the cup. But let's see if we can't navigate the troubled waters of Janice and Adrian. Are you ready to play? Oh, yes. Very <laughs> Hopefully your, your cell signal will keep you on the line. All right, we're going to go to Janice first, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yep. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Uh, yes, I hope so. Janice, can you tell me, <laughs> what is the name of the very ancient book containing all the prayers and rites for Holy Mass and the sacraments? What do we call that? Oh, that, it, that has to be the Missal. 
The Missal. Yes. So mm. the the Missal mm. is the ancient book that keeps all the prayers and uh, rites for the Holy Mass. Okay. Okay. Let's just uh, let's get a second opinion on this one. Uh, Adrian, let's ask you: What is the name of the very ancient book containing all the prayers and rites for Holy Mass and the sacraments? And the sacraments. Okay. Let's see. Well, the Missal. Is like a something you launch at someone. Uh, so no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what? What? No, uh, what? But the, Where are we going? the answer is sacramentary. Sacramentary. Because it, it contains the ancient book. It contains prayers and rites for the mass mm-hmm. and the sacraments. Mm-hmm. So it's called a sacramentary. Mm-hmm. Oof. I got to be honest with you, Jennifer. This is a tricky question. So uh, here's the deal, though. Adrian says it's a sacramentary, whereas Janice says it's a missal. It's a tricky question. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jennifer, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian. You're going to admit that publicly? That is a very astute yeah. and wise choice to make. That was really, really very brilliant of you, to be honest. I'm, I must confess. Uh, some things we don't say out loud, Jennifer, like Adrian is right, or I'm going to go with Adrian. But anyway, you are right, praise be to God. And you are in the cup. That, that is a tricky one, and you got it right, so congratulations. Well done. The next one, I think the next one's fairly straightforward, though. Well, let's just see how it goes. We're going to go with Adrian. Uh-oh. Uh, n- no, not that he's right yet. I don't know. But we're just, we're just going to ask him. Anyway, Adrian, can you tell me? During the Nicene Creed, the priest genuflex during reference... To what mystery? Ah, uh, yes, yes. I love this. And this, uh, you know, in the traditional Mass, it is at the Incarnation, the priest genuflex during uh, the Nicene Creed. And the new Mass, they bow. Uh, so the that would be the Incarnation, would be the mystery that we genuflect or bow to. The Incarnation. Mm-hmm. Hmm, fascinating. Praise be to God. All right, let's just see what Janice has to say. Janice, can you tell me? During the Nicene Creed, the priest genuflex get, gets down on one knee. A during reference to what mystery? That would have to be the mystery of baptism. Really? Yes. Hmm. Okay. Oh, okay. So here is the deal, Jennifer. Uh, Janice seems to think it's the mystery of baptism. In the Nicene Creed that the priest genuflects to, whereas Adrian says, no, rather, it's the mystery of the incarnation of Jesus taking on flesh and dwelling among men. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jennifer, what say you? I'm going to go with Adrian again. Oh, well, can you what? say that one more time? What? I, won't, I couldn't oh, quite hear this you. This is getting Adrian. awfully oh, awkward. That was, there you go. See? <laughs> That's good stuff there. Thank you. <laughs> Praise be to God. In yep. fact, it is the yep. incarnation. Yay and amen, too. Praise be to God. All right, you're in for two. You're, you're, you're making this look a little too easy, Jennifer. Y'all are making it a little easier for me now. <laughs> <laughs> is she revealing the secret sauce? Well, I don't know. We in can... that case, this wow. next question is oh, super no. hard. Yes. <laughs> Fine, then, Jennifer. We'll ramp things up. Are you ready? Here we go. Third question. We're going to go back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me what are we commanded by the Eighth Commandment? Hmm, the Eighth Commandment. Oh, yeah. Um, 
I believe that's to speak the truth in all things. Right? Um. Yes. Is it? Yes. Final answer. That's to your speak, final answer. Yes. To, to speak, speak the truth. The truth in all things. So yes, okay. you shall not okay. lie. You shall not lie. Okay. All right. Let's see what uh, Adrian has to say. Adrian, can you tell me what are we commanded by the eighth commandment? Yes, by the eighth commandment, we are obliged. We are obliged to give alms to the poor. Are we? We are. To give alms to the poor. Amen. And, mm. Amen, brother. You said it. Okay. Okay. Uh, Jennifer, here's the deal. Uh, Adrian seems to think that the eighth commandment commands us to give alms to the poor, whereas Janice says it's to speak the truth in all things. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Jennifer, what say you? I'm going to Janice this time. Sorry, Adrian. That's okay. I forgive you. <laughs> you don't have to say sorry, Jennifer. No, that was the best appropriate response. apologize okay. for, for not going with Adrian. That's our golden rule here at the show. Uh, but, uh, no, you are, in fact, correct. Well done. Three, uh, three perfect uh, answers yep. there. Uh, the Eighth Commandment is you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor, which you can find in Exodus 20 and in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Praise be to God. Jennifer, perfect score in the cup. It may be God's will. It may be God's will that you should win, but you'll have to tune in on Friday to know that for sure. But we're awfully grateful you called in from Jardinson, Texas, our first ever caller from, from Jardinson, Texas. We're grateful to you. God bless you, Jennifer. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. All right. We're going to put Jennifer on hold, get her phone number in case it be God's will. But that's going to do it for the radio side of our show. We love playing the game. We love laughing and having a good time with you, the listeners, and we especially love giving you prizes, too. We're grateful to our sponsor, St. Shanary, which you can find on Etsy and Instagram, for giving us prizes to give away this week. I hope uh, Jennifer uh, comes home to the church. That'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Praise be to God. You're invited for sure, Jennifer. Come on down. But in the after show, we're going to chat about whatever is on your mind. Join us on the live video feed at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. We'll see you tomorrow. It's Friday. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a lot more casual about our conversation. And we talk about whatever it is you want to talk about. You get to drive that conversation. All you have to do is comment and tell us what you want to talk about. And if you've never commented before, Adrian, what happens? We turn the mic on for we have, start. We have to turn my mic on in order for me to say anything. Uh, <laughs> step step <laughs> number step one. one. I, have a, I have a list of things. I, on number one on the list is uh, don't it, forget to breathe. Is it a 12-step uh, program? I'm just curious. Mm, it's a lot more than 12 mm. steps. I, I start with breathing, and then the second <laughs> step is like, remember to put your clothes on. Uh, and this so is there you go. very awkward. Uh, but no, this is, uh, I'm losing my mind. I have holes in my brain, pretty sure. Pretty sure. But no, uh, you get a special sounder.
Praise yeah. be to God. Yeah, All that just to say that. You're welcome. <laughs> that was the long way yeah, around. There you go. That was the long way around. In other <laughs> words, let me just interpret what Brother Adrian just said. Thank you for commenting for the first time. Yes, so we, we like to play something that just makes you feel a little bit more special for commenting for the first time. So Amen. if you are a listener and you're hanging out with us and you have not yet commented for for the first time, do so. We will play the sounder. We will thank you appropriately. But we would also ask that you tell us where you're from we love to know where our listeners are from. So praise yeah. be to God for that. Chris, like my uh, my missile joke, I always joke like, you know, the the church is very militarial. And Mil- we got missiles. Uh, we got berettas. Mil- militarial? What's militarial? It's, it's a word. No, it's not. It just made it up. It's <laughs> yeah. a word. You cannot, it's, it, you can make up words. It's English. I do all the time, but I'm old. What is your excuse? Uh, Shakespeare made up words. Did he? Yeah, all Name the time. one. Name one made up word by thou doth protest too much. Uh, one, I have to, I don't know off the top of my head, but actually a lot of words a lot. that we have in English were made up by Shakespeare. Uh, really? Um, let me see if I can pull up a list. Because, that would be yeah, hilarious if you had a list. 420 words that Shakespeare invented. 420 yeah. words. Yeah. So let's see what if I can pull up a few. What is he, Joe Biden? Come on, man. The word, uh, the phrase fast fashion, the word, the, really? I didn't know, the word ginger was made up by Shakespeare. Microaggression. Microaggression. Um, no. Mumblecore, ping, safe space, way back. Safe uh, space? I, come on now. Let's see. Academ, accessible, Ooh, accommodation, addiction, about? admirable, aerial, airless, amazement. Uh, there's and then it goes on and on and on. Amazement was invented by Shakespeare. That's wild. Uh, dexterity, uh, dexterously was invented by him. What? <laughs> That's wild. That um, wild. Exposure, like just like basic words. How like things that we just use all the time. It just made up. He just threw it into play. He was like, eh, this works. Uh, puppy dog, interesting. I, isn't it that redundant? A puppy dog? Um, is that like another kind of puppy? To gnarl? To gossip? What? That's wild. Yeah, so apparently a lot of these words were invented by Shakespeare. There you go, There folks. you go. Praise be to God. Hey, Mary Barone, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Tammy, good morning to you. Kimberly Sunderman's back. Praise be to Jesus. Good to see you back here. i uh, like to see our locals hanging out with us as well. Uh, Becky Dominguez, good morning to you. Mary McCoach, praise be to God. Good to see you here. Uh, thanks for hanging out with us today. Uh, Matthew Grubb was on, but uh, he retracted his message, so I have no idea what he said. Thank you, Mary uh, Mary Coach McCoach. Uh, I would Joe didn't let me finish. He wanted to go off on inventing words. Yes, cannon, the cannon scripture, another military word. Uh, we got cannons, we got Berettas, we got missiles. We have uh, we're the church militant. Uh, what other? words in the in the church are uh, Milita- related to militarily mi- are are militarial <laughs> Mil- uh, militarial names Milita- or militarial Mil- words jeff burrier the burrier crew good morning to you uh says little joe just saying the name joe biden has got to make you laugh come on man i know it's true joaquin good morning to you what's up with facebook <laughs> from your lips to god's ear joaquin i have no idea uh nobody does apparently I keep getting uh, told that my comments are, are community strikes, so who knows. Uh, Tammy, good morning to you. Clarissa, praise be to God. Good morning to you. Kathy, good to see you. St. Teresa of Avila, welcome back. Colin, good morning to you. Praise be to Jesus. William Hemsworth, it's good to see you here. S. Franco and Christopher Velasquez, all good to see you here. Praise be to Jesus. Over on Odyssey, our friend Mike is there. Uh, is Sci-Fi Mike hanging out this morning? Yeah. Uh, mm. No, no, I didn't see him this morning. Mm-mm. But Mike, good morning to you. Praise be to God. 
He's encouraging us to take more days off. I like Mike. Yeah. He's a good man. We should make him our boss. <laughs> Raise your right hand, Mike. Repeat after me. <laughs> <laughs> Lori, good morning to you. The usual suspect, she says. Yeah, praise God. We should, that should be a, a good term for a coffee mug tagline. Christopher Chance, of course, hanging out with us this morning. Praise be to Jesus. I saw, let's see who earlier, Gloria Diane Lopez. Good morning to you. Uh, Don, Don, I got your email, but I was confused about what film you were asking me about. Don wrote me an email yesterday, and he's like, Joe, I'm looking for the NATIFA movie. Yeah, not sure. I, you're going to have to. <laughs> I'm old, Don. No comprendo. Uh, so I, maybe I need some reminding, but what is the NATIFA movie? If I've forgotten what it is, it, it, remind me. Invite your uh, non-Catholic friends to listen. Clarissa said, so great to hear when we have non-Catholic listeners. Yeah. Makes my heart happy. Good morning, all, and God bless. Thank yeah, you, Clarissa. Thank you, God. But yeah, absolutely. Invite your non-Catholic friends to listen and invite them to listen to the after show because then we can uh, participate with them. Chat a little a, bit. Yeah, have a conversation. Michelle Vaughn, good morning to you. Good to see you back here. Praise be to God. Buddy Canines here. Good to see you again. Of course, our CDT Insider usual suspect crew. Uh, is hanging out with us. Patty was on last hour. It's good to see Patty. Anybody else? Did I miss anybody? Uh, did you see Sonia? Oh, Sonia's Sonia, on. good morning. Uh, Michelle Vaughn. And let's see. Victor and Mendoza. Victor Mendoza and Natalia Mendoza. Good morning. I'm guessing, are y'all Are married? you first-time commenters? Are, are they first-time commenters? Uh, that's a good question. I don't Victor and so, Natalia. But let us know. Let is us this know. your first time? Let us know. We want to give you the proper due respect or... Oh, did Shakespeare make up any words about that? Oh, I'm sure he did. Sure he did. I'm sure he did. You know, that makes me want to get, what's his name back on? When did you get very zany? No. Um, what's his name? The word zany was also invented by Shakespeare. Was it really? Yeah. Zany? Yeah. Huh. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Clar- you're talking about uh, your buddy. Uh, yes. Uh, the, the, the. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Lord I, of the Rings guy. Exactly. His name? Um, My brain is also frozen. <laughs> John Jacobs, Philo Heidersmith. <laughs> I don't know what's up with that. I have no idea. I don't know. I don't know what's up with that. It's just my brain doesn't Antifa. Work. Thank you. Antifa. Thank you. The Antifa movie. That was the uh, Jack Posobiec Antifa movie. Let's look that up. Let's give me, let me give me a second here. Jack Posobiec. That's uh, right. I completely Antifa forgot about that. Antifa movie. Uh, I, now, thank you, Clarissa, for... For setting my brain straight. The link is antifamovie.com. Antifamovie.com is the link. I wonder if I put it in here, whether or not it'll get flagged and blocked. Probably. <laughs> uh, I'm going to respond to Dom. Respond to your email right now, Don. Here you go. And uh, boom. Thanks for being a CDT insider, Don. Being on our email list like that. Praise be to Jesus. Yeah, there you go, folks. Antifamovie.com. Oh. If y'all are not on the email list, get on the email list because uh, the sermon from Leonard of Port Maurice, so good, so good. And uh, I don't, I don't do a great job of reading it, but you know, if you uh, you want to read it yourself, I highly recommend it. But if you uh, would like to read along with me, I put it there, and in the description, I link to it so you can read it and listen at the same time, so you can uh, see where I make mistakes and be like. <laughs> And you can comment down below, Adrian, at, at 2347, you made the myth, you pronounced such or such wrong. Wouldn't that be hilarious? That'd be great. Good stuff. Well, uh, Victor and Natalie are uh, siblings. Praise hey, be to God. Good morning. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome, welcome. Where are you from? Uh, so I guess that means you're first time commenters? Uh, I believe just, so. Let's just err on the side of caution. 
Yay and amen. Praise be to God. Good morning to you both. Thank you. Thank you for being our first-time commenters today. We really love having you here. Praise be to Jesus. Let us know where you're from, though. We'd love to know. Um, you know, it's it's the downside, right, Adrian, of doing like content, creating content is you, on one hand, want people to see and hear and experience your content, and on the other hand... You don't want anybody to see it. Because they all have <laughs> opinions. <laughs> I don't mind. I posed the other day, I, I, I have many, 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 many times uh, received very uh, negative feedback from various aspects of content that I've created over the years. And uh, there's, a, there's a recurring theme. Usually has something to do with my weight. Uh, and uh, the other day I got a comment all over on Gloria TV that included my male pattern baldness, my unkept facial hair, and something else. I can't remember what the third thing was, but uh, <laughs> just like, we ignore your content to bring you everything we don't like about you. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very hilarious aspect of the whole thing of, of creating content. Nathalie said, we are from Houston. Oh, praise be to God. H-Town, hold it down. Hey, go uh, Astros. You watching the, I was about to say, you watching the Astros game? We uh, kicked butt yesterday. That was awesome. I didn't see the end of the game, but I saw us get to five points. And it was five to two when I uh, I went to uh, take a shower and then went to bed. So I was like, ah, five two. We'll probably have it in the bag. And I think we ended up winning. I think seven two. Correct me if I'm wrong. If uh, you watch, yeah, seven two. Oh, and uh, Father Felix, our my old pastor, Joe's old pastor as well. He uh, from the Church of the Annunciation. He was on uh, Fox News, uh, local or actually I don't know if it was local or national, but good question. He was uh, being interviewed about because he had the church open for people to come and pray. Uh, before the game, so uh, they asked him, they interviewed him, he made the sign of the cross, uh, and mentioned the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, Father Earthman, a bunch of the seminarians were there, the the nuns, the Dominican sisters were there, they're calling them nuns, but they're not nuns, um, but they're sisters. <laughs> no, they're rally nuns, come okay. on, man, come on, man, oh, the man. rally nuns, dude. Yeah, they're sisters. Awkward. Awkward. Yeah, sisters are uh, not cloistered. Nuns are cloistered. Big yep, difference. Big and dip. if a nun was at a baseball game, I'd be very scandalized. <laughs> just saying. I'd be like, oh, get back in your convent. That to, 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 to reminds me. Uh-oh. The story of the of the nuns in Pennsylvania who received their visitation. Oh, yeah. Well, part of the scandal was they they agreed to take over that monastery uh, they were asked to come and take over the monastery, and they were a part of an association that they wanted to get out of. And they were told that they would be allowed to, you know, keep their charism, their tradition, or their founder, all of that. And then this uh, association of religious basically was like, nope, you can't do that. And they forced these cloistered nuns to come out of cloister to attend uh, like a conference. Like it was, it was foisted upon pain of uh, disobedience, uh, and they had to do that. It's like that's tragic, man. That's such a scandal. Good grief, forcing these, you know. And if you know anything about cloistered nuns, traditionally, if you even visited with them, they put a veil over their face too, to remain cloistered, even if they were talking to outsiders. Um, and there would always be a sister on the outside of the convent who would assist them with like. If they needed things, they'd bring them to the convent or whatever. So there's one sister who's outside the walls, uh, living as a sister, not as a nun. But it's it's a tragedy. Yeah, so no nuns at baseball games. Um, but there are some cool sisters there. Yes, absolutely. The rally sisters. Why couldn't they just say that? 
Because nobody knows. People just think a nun and a sister are interchangeable. Uh, Jesus Robles, friend of the show, says Mattress Mac invited the Dominican friars last night. Oh, really? Man, I didn't know they... they uh, what, were they what were they frying? <laughs> <laughs> and how come I didn't get the text yeah. invite? I know. Hmm. It. Yeah, Mattress Mac invited Dominican friars. It's funny because... The there are Dominican sisters and Dominican friars, and like half the Astros team are Dominican, like from the Dominican Republic. So it's like <laughs> I'm noticing a trend here. So I'm it's like, what's up trend. with all the Dominicans there? So there you go. He has made a strong alliance with the Dominicans, <laughs> says Jesus. Wait, yeah. why, isn't why, it weird he's not bringing the, the the Franciscans? What's that? Why is half of the team Dominican? I thought uh, they were Houstonians. Nope. Almost like none of them are Houstonians. Oh. Like for any of the baseball teams, you draft yeah. players. You just draft the best players. So I never understood. Well, I never actually, understood drafting. Astros I always thought Moneyball. I never understood yeah. drafting. I always thought like if you're from a city representing a city, you should be from I that know. city. It does seem strange, <laughs> doesn't it? But yeah. year, many many years ago, they abandoned that policy and they went to we best want the best. we want great players. So they mm-hmm. started uh, increasing their budgets, hiring great players from all over, and you know. Players from the Dominican, they love baseball down there. Oh, yeah. Just like Japan yeah. loves baseball. And they produce some good athletes. So Interesting. So those players have been in high demand. But ever since Moneyball, uh, the Astros uh, League, as well as the Boston Red Sox, both play Moneyball. And uh, they've gone to uh, hiring the right people for the right role. Until we got mm-hmm. rid of our... Uh, at the right time. We just got rid of our general manager. See ya. So mm. actually, the guy who hired all well, of our currently good players, we got rid of him. So that's going to be well, a, that's, that's kind of sad because it just makes it feel like it's less organic. It makes it feel like it's not real. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's still real. I mean, but it's but the it, the reason they do it is because you want to watch high level baseball. I mean, if you just get local yeah. people, it's going to not be as high level. I mean, you're not going to not necessarily going to find a pitcher who can pitch 98 miles an hour that live in Houston. Um, so you would just have everyone picking from uh, just a l- smaller pool, so it just would not be yeah. a, as high level. By um, the way, so. Mattress Mac went to a Dominican high school, if I'm not mistaken. Or did he go to the Jesuit high school in Dallas? I forget. Maybe I'm mistaken on that. I'm not sure. He, it was either Jesuit or it was Dominican, and I can't remember which, but it's one of those two up in Dallas. Clarissa says, I thought about commenting on Adrian's denim jacket earlier this week, but I thought <laughs> it would be mean. Today, he's back in the usual garb. Yes, I took my jacket to go get dry cleaned, and I didn't have a coat to wear. And I literally can't remember the last time I went anywhere without a coat on. Uh, so I just got my jean jacket and uh, put that on instead because, you know, I could just throw my jean jacket in the in the washing machine and uh, it's good to go. But, uh, yeah, so that's why I was in a jean jacket on uh, the la- Monday and Tuesday, I believe. I think it was Monday and Tuesday. Maybe yeah. it was Friday and Monday. It was for two days, but there you go. David, from our friend from uh, from New England, says he parked his car in Harvard Yard. No, he didn't say that. I'm just, I'm just teasing. He said, good morning, CDT team. Your Astros looked good last night. Go Braves. The Braves, after all, did start in Boston. Did it? Oh, I didn't know that. There you go. I did not know that. <laughs> uh, the Braves, I mean, they did... Uh they did uh, really good on Monday, and then today they did really bad. And we did really bad on Monday. I, I don't know why we both can't play at a super high level on the All same. All the time? Yeah, just, but I guess, you know. Because you're, you're also playing, playing the that other many games, team that's the best in the world at the moment. <laughs> well, I mean, like, like you would think, like, it's like Monday, they played, like, the, the Braves did really, really good. And the Astros were choking over and over, and we did horrible, a lot of horrible plays. And then yeah. vice versa happened today, like, 
the Braves like dropped, like literally dropped the ball, yeah. and then we got like two runs in because of it. Or no, we got one run and one run in, and then man on second because of it. And I was like, man, what? Like why? Yeah. <laughs> like we can't both be playing at the highest level. Yeah. I guess I guess it's because they play so many games. Whereas yeah. in football, you get one chance. Yeah, baseball's crazy like yeah. that, right? I mean, seven hundred thousand games a season, yeah. and it's all about the stats, right? It. Uh, I, I have a hard time following baseball. I don't follow reason. it. I only watch the uh, the the, uh, the playoffs, the playoffs, and that's what it's it. e- for me. It's easy to watch anything that's in playoffs, right? <laughs> like I can watch World Cup. You know, it's like wow, it's soccer. I that's can't. fun. No, I can't. But I'm not going to watch anybody's season in, in soccer. Or I, I can watch golf tournaments too. When, it, when, it, when everything's either. on the line in the Masters, oh, that's exciting. It's fun, but uh, I'm not going to follow things to that detail. Christopher Chance brings up about Mattress Mac. He's heard he's a Catholic, practicing Catholic, the real deal when it comes to proper philanthropy. We're honoring him. Now, um, let me just say for all those who aren't from Houston about Mattress Mac, if you've never heard of Mattress Mac, Google, go to YouTube and put in Mattress Mac Houston Gallery Furniture, something like that, and then you will see who we're talking about here. He's an older gentleman. He's in his 70s. I think he's almost he's mid, mid to late 70s, if I'm not mistaken. He is a he is a practicing Catholic. He is a he's a bit of a curmudgeon, if I'm gonna be honest with you. He's also an incredible guy. He puts his money where his mouth is. He uh, has done some incredible things for the city of Houston. But let me tell you, he has a, a furniture store. He's made his his income in furniture sales. He doesn't buy products from overseas. He only buys American made furniture. And um, when he, many years ago. One of his employees burnt down his warehouse. He didn't close shop. He didn't fire anybody. He didn't even fail to deliver on the products that his customers purchased. He simply rented another warehouse and found some trucks, bought new furniture, put them in those trucks, and delivered on his promises. He never skipped a beat. He, never lo- he lost a lot of money. He lost a lot of money, but he didn't care. Because Mac is that kind of guy. It, working for Mac, I imagine, is not easy. He pushes you very hard. He expects you to drive towards excellence. But at the same time, Mac you, Mac works. He's, his store, like one of his stores, is in a, a part of town that is not good. It is a high crime rate, low poverty, uh, high poverty, high crime rate kind of an area. And yet he'll take you off the street. No matter your background, he'll give you a chance. And if you work hard, if you put in the effort, you could you can go places. You can you can grow in the company and you can get those raises and he will keep you. He's that kind of a guy. <clears throat> and he has many, many times. I mean, like Hurricane Harvey, the city flooded. Mac opened his store to Hurricane Katrina victims, Hurricane Harvey victims. He used his store as a shelter. He fed them. He let them sleep on his display beds, sit on their display couches. His store became a shelter. And he, he doesn't skip a beat. He doesn't think twice about it. He, uh, I t- last time I talked to Mac, which has been a long time now, I'm not the GM here in Houston anymore. So when I was, I used to talk to Mac. And I actually had Mac come in and give talks for us at prayer breakfast events and things like that. Uh, one time, uh, Mac donated to a cause. I was trying to get a generator to our tower site. Mac wrote the check. In uh, a Sharpie. <laughs> <laughs> Is that still valid? <laughs> yeah. we, we cashed it, trust oh, me. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but that's the kind of guy he is. He's a hard charger. 
He demands a lot, but he gives a lot. He gives a lot. He probably gives way more than he ever gets back. Yeah, definitely. And uh, incredible hometown hero kind of a guy. I know he gave away a lot, a lot of the uh, furniture that people slept on because he oh, let yeah. people sleep in his showrooms and yeah. stuff when during Harvey and, and he was just like, hey, if you want it, take it with you. If you need a need a new bed, take he, the bed. He, he has there's there are rumors that fly about him all the time. Like for instance, how he gives out furniture out of the backside of his warehouse all the time without thinking about it. Yeah, to people who need it. Yeah, some people it's a joke, but it's actually true. Where people will like go to gallery furniture because he sits at the front desk, and so you can go meet him many like uh, many times, and they'll yeah. show up and they'll see that that uh, mattress Max is not there, and he'll they'll leave and come back later because yeah. you know if he's there, you're gonna get a deal. Uh, so there you go. Now, <laughs> I was on the phone with Mac once and, uh, we were talking about, I was having him come to our prayer breakfast event and we we're talking about that. And, and then he just stops. And he goes, hold on a second. Hey, you get out there and sell something. Don't be standing around. <laughs> and he goes, all right, where were we? I'm like, man. Good stuff. <laughs> I'm like, wow. Well, I, I remember as a child, uh, growing up in Houston, I actually, uh, I actually would see Mattress Mac at mass. Oh, um, really? Yeah. He, what parish? Uh, this is an Assumption Catholic church out, uh, pretty close to his 45 store. Uh, I forty five store and um, so that's the, that's the parish that I grew up with with my parents uh, my my mom and dad we would go to the uh, Spanish mass there but on Christmas uh, season we would go to the Christmas uh, vigil mass and he was always there with his family and um, I remember pulling up to church and I would see his little truck with his American flag in the back of his truck um, and I knew that was Mattress Max car. Uh, because he had he he was the only car parked that had a big American flag in his trunk, um, but uh, yeah, he has a he has a beautiful family. I think all of his kids are now married and have kids, so yeah, he's a grandparent. But um, I remember going to mass and seeing him on Christmas Eve. He told me he eats only one meal a day, and it's usually at ten thirty at night. Mm. <laughs> and I thought, man, do you sleep? I mean, like, good grief. Uh, the ingestion system is probably Well, I also heard you. that he went to school for social work. That was his oh, original, like, that, that, that's his field, social I work. I should dig out his talk that he gave for us at the prayer breakfast. That's what I ought to do as well. I'll, I'll do that. I will dig out his talk that he gave for us at a Catholic prayer breakfast. He's given it to us for us several times. Um and I'll send it to the CDT Insider email. I'm not this week. Today, we're going to give out the Port Maurice talk on the fewness of saved. But maybe next week, I will send you the Mattress Mac talk. I think you will find it incredibly inspiring because it uh, also includes uh, Woody Allen. Uh, Woody Allen? Who's the uh, actor that played in Cheers as the bartender? No idea. Never heard Was of it. Was it who? Ted Danson. No, the bartender. Oh, Woody. Woody. Uh, um, um. Harrelson? Yeah, Woody Harrelson. Not Alan. Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson. <clears throat> Alan, uh, Alan Mallory's hanging out with, in the studio with us today. He's in the background. He is our resident encyclopedia. So instead of Googling things, we Alan Mallory it. And he just tells us what it is. So Woody Harrelson. He has a, he has a great connection to the wonderful story of Woody Harrelson at Mattress Mac does. Woody Harrelson, I don't know if you know, but he was a hot mess. Uh, his dad was an assassin for the mob. Uh, I went to um, Judge John H. Wood Middle School as a kid, and uh, that was the judge his, Woody Harrelson's dad assassinated for the for the mob. So Woody Harrelson was a hot mess, and he grew up to be a Hollywood star. So it, it, there's still hope for you, uh, Alan Mallory. 
if that if, <laughs> if it can work out for Woody Harrelson, then who knows what's possible for you? Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I tease. I tease. Uh, what else is going on? Anything good? Praise be to God. There you go, folks. We have a couple of minutes left, anyway. There you go. Um, uh, let's see. We covered. We have. We covered any movies. Mm, uh, yeah, well, you well, just well. talked about a movie right now. Wait, why are we talking about movies? Well, no, what movie did I talk about right now? <laughs> the uh, the movie with Woody, whatever his I name is. I never mentioned a movie. I didn't. Yeah. Nope. Were you not? Nope. Then you said he was an actor. Yeah, in a television show oh, called television Cheers. Show. I don't know what Cheers is. You <laughs> said, on, oh, Woody Harrelson man. in Cheers. As, like, as if I know what Cheers, Cheers is. I've Everyone knows what Cheers is. Yeah, it's uh, Cheerios. <laughs> yeah, I eat those every day. <laughs> no, you don't. What? Who eats Cheerios? I eat Cheerios. What do you mean? No. Cheerios? What's wrong with Cheerios? Out of all the cereals on the shelf, you pick Cheerios? It's good for you. Cheerios. It's the most plain uh, cereal. Okay. Uh, you'd rather me have Frosted Flakes? Of course. 100% sugar. Okay, dude. Better okay. It's good for your arteries. Uh-huh. Dan Vicaro, okay. good morning to you. says, uh, the cheaters hopefully will not win. Go Braves. He says, go Braves. <laughs> Are you referring, Dan, to the whole signaling? I'm, I'm, I'm about to ban Dan from the... From the <laughs> Do you remember the signaling controversy from the last World Series they were in? The Astros? Yeah. Dan's banned. He can't respond. <laughs> Poor Dan. <laughs> Poor Dan. He says, but Biden and the Astros at the White House would be funny. Ouch, Dan! Oh, I am Sci-Fi Mike is on with us on uh, Odyssey. He says... Only one of the most successful TV shows ever. Boom. Yeah, still haven't heard of it. Yes. It must tell have not, him. Tell it him. It must have not been that good. Uh, otherwise, I would have heard of it. What was it on for, like, a decade or something? That's it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just a decade? 82 to 93. Yes. 93. See, there you go. Y'all talking about movies um, and TV shows that came out a decade so before I was born. I tell you what we'll do here. Well, let's mention a movie then. Okay. Uh, so I saw, I saw a trailer yesterday for... Lightyear, a oh, new movie coming it. out by Disney. Not that I'm a big, not that I'm a Disney fan. I'm not, but Disney's coming out with a film called Lightyear, which is Buzz the Lightyear. backstory of Buzz Lightyear. Buzz Lightyear was a character in Toy Story series, which was what three or four of those films. Yeah, four. And guess who was in every single one of those that was also connected to Cheers? Woody Allen. No. Um. I don't know. Tim, what's his name? <laughs> What's his name, Tim? Um, Tim, what's his name? Oh, that guy. No. Um, no. Tim we, Allen. No. What actor played a role in all of, all of the Toy Story films, as well as almost every other Disney animated series? That was a main character, a, uh, a sort of a, a main iconic character in Cheers. No idea. Was it? Um, uh, but the Buzz Lightyear, the old Buzz Lightyear TV show was one of my favorite TV shows ever. There was a television show? Yeah, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command. That John Ratzenberg? I think so. He's Cliff. played the, he played Cliff, the mailman, the right? Mailman. Yes. No idea. He played, he was the, was he the pig in Toy Story? No idea. I think he was the piggy bank, right? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure. Uh, no idea. He was I in Star know. Wars too. But yeah. Uh, As Buzz well. Lightyear Star Command was one of was my favorite TV show growing up. I had Buzz Lightyear uh, blankets, pillowcase, wallpaper. I was a huge Buzz Lightyear fan when I was a kid. And my uh, Buzz Lightyear <laughs> Star Command was my favorite TV shows. And that had the backstory of Buzz Lightyear. So I don't know what they're doing with making this thing. Uh, they should just release the old TV show. It was awesome. 
Everybody knows your name, Mary. That's true. Except for Adrian, of course, who doesn't have any concept. I know Mary's name. Has no concept of great television history. Mm, no idea what Cheers. About. Anyway. Yeah. Um, I've got to stop making up TV shows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing, nothing existed after, uh, uh, ni- before 1998. Nothing existed Aww. before 1998, eh? Yep. Oh, wow. Well, there goes all of our audience. Praise be to God. Well, they exist now. They exist right now. Yeah. Oh, Everyone's yes. just a figment of my imagination. The voice of the ham. Voice of ham. Uh, yeah, Mary John said, cheers, yes. Cheerios, yes. You guys are funny. Good morning, Janice. <laughs> Good morning. Who is this? Mary. Oh. <laughs> uh, well, we are just about out of time today. Tomorrow, we are going to talk about Halloween. Awesome. From Charles Fraun, right? Mm-hmm. That's correct. He wrote a book on exorcism. Mm. Yes, but he, we're going to be talking. We'll probably mention his book, but we're talking specifically. He wrote a few articles on Halloween. Okay. So uh, where's he land on the issue? Catholic uh, or no? He says that if you do not uh, celebrate Halloween, then you are basically a pagan. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking. <laughs> You'll have to tune in tomorrow to find out. Oh, teasers, man. Cliffhangers and teasers. Do you celebrate Halloween? We'll have that question for you tomorrow with our guest, Charles Fraun. So join us then and uh, do us a favor and uh, share us with a friend. We'd be grateful to you. My brain is shutting off today. I'm not sure why I didn't get enough rest, but I guess I need a nap. Looking forward to sending the CDT Insider email list. We'll have the fewness of those that are saved by St. Charles Leonard, no, St. Leonard of Port Maurice. That's coming to you today. I'll send you the Mattress Max stuff next week. God love you. God bless you. See you then.